of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Once when Jesus was praying alone with only the disciples near him, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? They answered John the Baptist, but others Elijah and still others that one of the ancient prophets has arisen. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered, the Messiah of God. He sternly ordered and commanded them not to tell anyone, saying, The Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then he said to them all, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves And take up their cross daily and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will save it. What does it profit them if they gain the whole world but lose or forfeit themselves? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words, of them the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But truly I tell you, there are some standing here who will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord, the living Savior, Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Amen. It was a blessing to be with so many of you this past Wednesday for our noon and evening Ash Wednesday services. We began our Lenten journey with that very uh, profound and powerful service of worship as we were all marked with the cross and shared the Lord's Supper. This past Wednesday, for those of you who weren't able to be here, we focused on the reality of crucifixion and what we can learn about the Lord and who we are um, in relationship to him through the death that his son suffered on the cross. We're going to be focusing on the cross throughout this Lenten season. Today's meditation is on rejection. Next week it's going to be the offense of the gospel. How so many people were and still are offended by a crucified God. And then we'll move on to uh, the salvation that has been won for us through our Lord's victory. And what it means to be sanctified in the one true faith. So if you're following along, that's crucifixion, rejection, the offense, the salvation, the sanctification, the cross... That's what we're meditating on more intently than ever this Holy Lenten season. Today, we shift on our focus to rejection. You heard about that from our first reading. And again, as Jesus told his followers, I'm going to go to Jerusalem to be rejected, to be killed. Uh, There's a direct direct, uh, tie between that theme of Ash Wednesday and our meditation this morning. Jesus of Nazareth was crucified because he was rejected. And in fact, he was rejected by both the religious and political powers of his day. In our vocabulary, um, we would say he was rejected by both the state and the church. Both powers sought to do away with him. And as we meditate on the rejection of Jesus this morning, let's just remember very basically, what it means to be rejected. Listen to these definitions and think on Jesus as you hear them. Uh, To refuse to accept, submit to, believe. To refuse to consider or grant, to deny. To refuse to recognize or give affection to. To discard, 
as defective or useless to throw away, and then finally to spit out, to vomit. Doesn't this accurately describe what was done to Jesus? The world tried to throw him away. His goodness and love were not accepted. He was not recognized as the anointed one. He was mocked and spat upon as he made his way to the lonely hill where he would die. So when we think about the cross, we need to remember that Jesus was rejected. In the fullest sense of the word. And even though none of us have been rejected like Christ was, most of us know something of what it feels like to be rejected in this life. Uh, Perhaps you lost an election. Might have been back in school days for student body president or class representative. Maybe you still feel rejected because long ago your boyfriend or girlfriend at school or college broke up with you and you're still feeling the hurt of that rejection. It may have been your parents who rejected you. Several people here at Faith know what that feels like. On the other hand, perhaps it was your children who said they want nothing more to do with you. And we have a few members who are living the burden of that rejection as well. For some of you, it was a husband or wife who rejected you by going chasing after someone else. And some of you know what it feels like to be rejected at work. You went in ready for another week. And on Monday, you were told, it's over. Here's your slip. It's pink. Here's a box. Pack your stuff. And home you went by lunchtime. That said... We need to remember that being rejected is sometimes, sometimes, the result of our own inappropriate behavior, our own poor choices. Uh, Sometimes we don't get the contract because the other company's bid was actually better. Uh, Sometimes we don't make the starting lineup on the team because the other athletes are stronger, they're faster. Sometimes we are rejected in our relationships because of what we did in violating the other person's trust. So you see, being rejected for doing wrong or having lesser skill sets is one thing. But boy, oh boy, when you're rejected for no good reason, well, that's a different matter altogether, isn't it? Rejection is especially difficult when you, you know you're innocent. When you really did your best and you know that you did no wrong. Long ago in 1858, the Illinois legislature, using an obscure statute, sent Stephen Douglas to the United States Senate instead of Abraham Lincoln, though he had won the popular vote. And I'm not going to preach on popular vote electoral college today, rest assured. But when a sympathetic friend asked Lincoln how he felt, he said, Like a boy who stubbed his toe, I'm too big to cry and too badly hurt to laugh. Some of us know what Lincoln meant by that. We experienced rejection in our own life. And we didn't dare cry for fear of letting others see how we were actually pained. And the sadness was far too great for us just to slough it off and make light of it. And by the way, parenthetically, This was not the only time that Lincoln would feel rejected by the people of his home state. Before he was elected president of these here United States, he lost eight different political contests. So right there is a lesson in perseverance. Because rejection doesn't have to have the final word. 
and it certainly didn't have the final word when it came to the one rejected and put on the cross. Jesus was rejected by the Romans, the government, and his own people, the people of Israel. And as if that wasn't enough, he was even rejected by two of his best friends. Judas did it for 30 pieces of silver. Uh, Peter did it when he was afraid that being associated with Jesus would now get him into trouble. And so he denied his Lord. Jesus of Nazareth, the one not rejected but welcomed with shouts of joy on Palm Sunday, was flat out rejected less than one week later. The world wanted him dead and gone. Crucify him, the mob shouted. Away with him. And with those words, it wasn't just a prophet from Nazareth being rejected. The living God was being rejected. And on the cross, we see the God who created the world being rejected by the same world he loves. Yet even on the cross, we see mercy from the rejected one. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's what our Lord said, huh? This morning, I'd like for you to think on what the rejection of Jesus tells us about the nature of God. And the scriptures affirm this. The Lord does not love us because we're so adorable or irresistible. I know some of you might think that other people can't help but adore you. That's not how it works with God. God does not find your sin or my own adorable. He finds our sins categorically unacceptable. Yet he loves us, wants us, and suffers for us. Uh, God's grace is not dependent on our worthiness. Isn't that wonderful? Because you see, he died for our sins. He loves us more than we deserve. We are unworthy. We are undeserving. In this life, I know, you hardly ever get anything you didn't work for. But when it comes to God, it's different. You didn't work for the love shown on the cross, but it's given to you. You didn't earn it. Neither did I. And the cross teaches us that uh, God is relentless. He's rejected, he's mocked, he's spat upon. I mean, even the sign over Jesus' head was meant to be an ugly public joke. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. But this God in the flesh, so rejected, never gives up on us. Though we may turn our backs on him. In the Gospel of John, chapter 20, listen to these words. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands, his side. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. And when he'd said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Those disciples scattered like frightened dogs hiding in the shadows behind closed doors when Jesus was arrested. 
They abandoned their Lord. They rejected him. And they didn't get what they deserved. They left Jesus to die alone. They had forgotten everything he taught them over three years. And yet Jesus does not reappear on that first Easter to pay them back. He does not return from the grave to get even. He was rejected by the state, by the church, by his own friends. And there he is, coming back. Talk about comebacks. Full of love and grace. The disciples' decision to abandon Jesus couldn't keep Jesus from loving them. And whatever poor decisions you may have made in your life can't keep God from loving you either. He's that relentless. So what do we learn about ourselves through the rejection of the Holy One of God? Well, let's just be honest this morning. What do you do when someone rejects you unfairly? Do you look for payback? Am I the only one here this morning who's never tried to get even? I mean, are all you just wonderful saints and I'm the only sinner? What do you do? What have you done? As sinners, sometimes we have looked to uh, get them back. You know, just settle the score. And sometimes we might even work out detailed plans (laughs) as to how we intend to uh, pay someone back. How very different are our human reactions compared to Jesus? He was hated, and in return, he loved. He was rejected, and in return, he says, Father, forgive them. He was killed for your sins and mine, even though he was entirely innocent. What took place on the cross was really the worst rejection the world could ever give to anyone, and the world gave it to God. The Lord brought light, and the world chose darkness. God gives life, the world gave him death. God brings peace, the world returns the favor with violence. A public execution that was so gruesome and heinous that the folks today at Amnesty International would cry out against it for sanctions against any nation that would allow such a thing to take place. But no one protested the death of Jesus. Rejected, he died forsaken and alone. Uh, There were no letter-writing campaigns on his behalf. No members of the Actors Guild spoke out in his defense. The rejection of Jesus is a reminder that Nothing you can throw at God will make him walk away and stop loving you. No matter how you may have rejected his love or turned your back, he's not gone away. And he demonstrated that on the cross. And perhaps, just perhaps, you have put yourself into spiritual exile. Maybe you have cut yourself off from the God of love because you think your past is just too sinful. Your, your, your decisions are just so woeful that you could never be loved. Well, God has not rejected you. He wants you. And he still loves you. Even in the season of Lent, I think we can be thankful and rejoice because God's forgiveness and grace are not the result of our wisdom 
and certainly not the result of our ability to always choose the right path. Sometimes we make such foolish decisions. I know I have. We didn't elect Jesus to be Savior. He is God with us or without us, but he chooses to be with us and among us. We did not make him Lord, but he is Lord. And every last one of us is guilty of the sin that put him on the cross. These days, news programs and media outlets just love to focus on the latest polls, the latest approval ratings. And when someone's ratings drop, the newsmakers, well, they do what they do. They make a lot of hay out of that, don't they? Well, remember this, as far as approval ratings are concerned in this world, Jesus would have received an approval rating of zero. Nada. Zilch. If they had polls back then, what little support he had on Palm Sunday would have dropped to nil less than five days later. No partisan supporters behind Jesus in the religious or political spheres. No spin doctors were there trying to help him turn things around. Even his best friends, as we say today, threw him under the bus. But on that cross, Jesus received a rating of infinite approval from his father. The world put God's son in the grave. But even death was no match for God's love. Yeah, Jesus came back. He always comes back. He keeps loving. And we worship a living God. He's alive today. And though rejected, he loves you more than you could ever imagine and certainly more than you or I could ever deserve. Yes, indeed, Jesus died alone. Total rejection. Our sins put him on that cross, and yet he loves us. He doesn't look to get even. So what are you going to do with such love? What will you do with such a God, the living God, the true God, who simply will not stop loving you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.